You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert, Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Hello, I'm your host, Ray Moda, and welcome to another edition of the Deep Edge Podcast. We're going to do a variety of series with Red Hat, where we're going to talk about three different components. In different episodes, we're going to talk about some use cases and go deep into what the architectures are. We're going to talk about some economic analysis and what some of the outcomes are related to some of those use cases. And lastly, we're going to have executive level discussions where we'll talk to different leaders within the regions and address what's going on from some of the key trends and drivers in that area. Joining me today is Gino Grano, who's Managing Director of North America Service Provider. I know Gino back in the days when he used to cover just the Canada region for, for another vendor. And I'm excited because we're going to be talking about specifically the North America region. The North America region has had not only the hardest hit from the pandemic, we're still in, in kind of wave one of that area. But we've also seen other challenges from a macro perspective and domestic where you've had the protests and a variety of economic lumpliness going back and forth. So Gina will be joining us to talk about what some of the issues are regarding the regions and challenges that he addresses, some of the things regarding some of the bandwidth and drivers and, and challenges on the service provider side of it. And then hear some of his thoughts on how Red Hat is addressing it in different use cases and thought leadership of where they are today. Hey, Gino, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ray. It's great to be here. Really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, yeah. You hear me with the uh, with the mic on and stuff. How are things in Canada, by the way, maybe before? Uh, things have been, we've all been going through a trying time, right? It's early days for us. We're, you know, we're managing our way through what seems to be the uh, the tail end, tail end of uh, the first wave of uh, COVID. And uh, we're hoping, uh, you know, the inevitable second wave is not going to hit us too hard, but uh, we're starting to open up and things are starting to look up, but it's tough, right? Gotta yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough globally across the board. Now, maybe before we get started, I have to ask you an honest question just off the record. Uh-oh. there. I need to know, honestly, did you used to hate me when I used to do the forecast for your regions back in the days? Oh, right. Jeez, you have no idea how much <laughs> pressure and headaches you put on me. Like, you with this, the market is yay big, and I'm trying to say that it was a lot smaller. Man, oh, man. I think you cost me a lot of money, my friend. Oh, that's okay, right? But we've become <laughs> friends over the years, so that's good, right? Absolutely. So, didn't hate me Absolutely. too much. Listen, for this podcast, now that you're in charge of the North America region, I, I mentioned earlier that, and you talked about a little that it's interesting compared to the rest of the world because this region right now is the hardest hit. Right. And, and not only it's the hardest hit, you had things situation with uh, with the protests, you had the fluctuating GDP and a lot of inconsistency growing across the board. What do you see as some of the the top challenges on top of this that these service providers are facing during this trying times? Yeah, no, Ray, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, the biggest challenges that I see the service providers really having is, you know, when everything hit and we all got sent home, there was a significant shift in not only the location of consumption of services, 
but also the degree in which or the demand for those services, right? And here's, you know, let me kind of quickly explain what I think I, what I mean by that. You had the service providers servicing a lot of dense urban communities, right? So pre-COVID, that's where most of the action and most of the coverage and most of the investment was done, right? Post-COVID, we're all at home and now, you know, consumption is happening everywhere, right? We're in urban, we're in suburban, we're in rural. And a lot of the service providers, you know, weren't equipped to kind of handle with that geographic switch of consumption, if you will, right? And, and not only that, they got hit with this geography diversification of where the demand was coming from. Then they also get hit with a significant increase in the peak consumption, right? And you know as well as I do, right? Networks are built, you know, for peak demand. Well, the peak demand is one thing, right? But they're also capacity planned on steady state demand. And that steady state has jumped, right? So you've got a significant amount of consumption that's happening across the board. And the the busy time of day that we all used to build and plan for, I don't know if there's a busy time of day anymore. It just seems like it's a busy day because everybody's consuming all the time. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point there because not only is it wireless, is wireline. And, and you mentioned something where, Service providers had to be prepared for the dynamic change in traffic because people are working from home. And I and I've mentioned in so many other podcasts, I mean, Gino, just think how bad we would have been if if telcos didn't work properly during this pandemic. It just would have been out of control. Now, one of the things is that some of them uh, have been sore spikes in uh, in traffic and they've seen changes in traffic flow and in certain areas that have been stressed. But, you know, what are these service providers doing that you hear off in your region to address some of these challenges? Yeah. So a lot of the challenges they're trying to do uh, when it comes to dealing with these spikes is, is really how do you quickly get capacity to the areas that you need it? Right. So fortunately, you know, a few of the service providers in my region have uh, have been um, adopting and moving towards, you know, software-defined networks. And that's really put them in a fantastic position to, quite, to quickly and dynamically allocate bandwidth from what used to be a hotspot to the new emerging hotspot. So many of them continue down this virtualization and cloudification journey that they've been going down. Um, and because people are at home, a lot of them have, you know, seem to be accelerating their plans for automation, right? Gone are the days where you can quickly tell Joe to go uh, down into, you know, the, the central office and add whatever capacity in the maintenance window, et cetera. We've got to get more creative where, you know, people, the majority of people are at home and we need to figure out how we can automate, right? And this is automate not only the physical piece of what we're doing, but also, and probably more importantly, the, the logical component of how service providers add capacity. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the the word automate, it's, it's related to how do you run your networks more efficiently, right? Because I know there's a lot of people that kind of wish, right, they, they would have been more automated because in some cases I do see too many silos of automation like you touched on. They need to automate across the board now. I would probably be remiss if we have a discussion without talking about 5G, right? I mean, but but what I want to know is is when we talk about 5G specifically in your region, right? I, I've noticed that with a lot of the uh, service providers in the region, they're seeing somewhat kind of consumers paying the same ARPU, right? It isn't like an increase, but 
Do you feel these service providers have the potential to deliver profitable solutions in this 5G versus the investment? That's the million dollar question, right? How do you make money on 5G? We all know um, the cost side of 5G in terms of how much money is going to be spent, whether it's on spectrum, whether it's on build out, et cetera. But, but how do you turn that investment to a profitable service, right? When, when I'm talking to my customers, kind of a lot of the discussion is around, you know, the, the two segments of the marketplace, right? You've got consumer and you've got business. And when we're talking about the, the business side, that seems to be the initial focus from a monetization standpoint. <clears throat> Everybody's talking about edge and edge services and how you can target the various verticals, whether it's transportation, whether it's healthcare, um, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's um, you know education of some sort, right? Uh, a lot of them are looking at how do you take the edge? How do you take the fact that you're going to have so much capacity that much closer to the customer, giving you you know a real time experience, a lot less delay, a lot less latency um, in terms of the application that you run, and that's really going to enable. Um, different services that we see. And some of these services, honestly, we probably can't even think about today, right? And and Ray, to me, the analogy is, if I take you back to the first days of wireless data, probably in the early days of CDMA and GSM when we were enabling data, we all had the same you know, marketing charts where we said consumption was going to go up and to the right. right? And for years, that hockey stick kind of was just you know, slowly drifting year by year by year to the right direction, right? And it wasn't until the advent of, you know, PDAs or the smartphone as we see it today that things really took off. And I'm a fundamental believer that from a 5G perspective, regardless of the vertical, there are things that don't exist today that we will look at two, three, five years from now and say that was underpinning the monetization of 5G and how things have taken off in the marketplace, right? So we've got some ideas today, but I think there's a lot of innovation to come that's really going to put the service providers in a great position to monetize this. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you touched on some interesting points, specifically the edge, as you look for some real opportunities in these verticals, specifically where in some of the cases, you know, the consumer side of the business is more of a protect, right? And maintain the existing customer, but then leverage this infrastructure in an agile way to approach, you know, these vertical markets with some edge services. Now, you know, what what considerations are, or what do you think when they build some of these 5G architectures, do, do they need to consider to optimize their OPEX delivery of these services and stuff like that? Any thoughts on that at all or? Yeah, there's, there's really two schools of thoughts that I'm seeing prevailing in the marketplace today. Um, most people are approaching 5G in, in one of two ways, right? They, do we continue to do what has made us successful, where we look to various partners and we build these um, vertical stacks on a cloud infrastructure, right? And look to our partners to build, manage, and sometimes operate what that vertical stack is. Uh, And that definitely has its advantages, right? It gives you some type of time to market advantage. Um, But the downside generally ends up being on the cost component uh, side of that. 
um, a growing popular approach to this and one that Red Hat really stands behind and is kind of recommending to our customers is think about building a horizontal platform, right? Find a common platform that you can build and extend to and ask all of your partners to come and run on top of that horizontal platform. And that horizontal platform doesn't necessarily have to be a completely private cloud for you. In fact, we, we envision a world where there will be a private and a public cloud, right? So the infamous hybrid cloud, where you will need to ensure that you have that functionality enabled, not only if you're delivering that on your cloud, but also to have that exact same functionality to be able to be delivered on anybody's public cloud and dynamically flip from one to the other. So as people are making out their plans, I would strongly suggest think horizontal first, think multi-cloud, and think about having a way to dynamically go between one and the other. Yeah, no, this is a, a good recommendation because, you know, it's a way to say if you're able to maintain at least your ARPU, at least optimize your OPEX, you know, delivery of the service, and that's one way to gain margin. Now, maybe from a last question perspective, you know, is when we look at the rest of 2020 and let's say and looking out forward into 2021, uh, what role do you see Red Hat playing in the in the SP space moving forward there? Ray, when, when I look into, you know, the second half of this year and, and maybe 2021, um, it's going to be a turbulent time, right? It's going to be a turbulent time for everyone around, uh, including the service providers. Um, and they're really going to look for efficiencies. They're really going to look for how do we generate those efficiencies and digitally transform ourselves at the same time, right? And how do we accelerate our journey to this horizontal platform in order to be able to accelerate the deployment of 5G. And Red Hat, given the position that we enjoy in the marketplace today, we're there to help the service providers in each of those aspects, right? We can help you digitally transform and work with the service providers to understand not only the underlying technology and help implement that, um, but also understand that this is more than just technology. It's about people and process. Right? And you really need to learn how do you efficiently change your internal processes um, if you're going to be able to drive that cost lower. Right? And that's something that we're all going to need, especially over the course of the next 18 months when we have the, the, you know, the economic impact of this global pandemic that's hit us all. Right? When it comes to the virtualization of the infrastructures, Red Hat has long played in this area. We've been you know, a big proponent in the virtual, um, you know, the VIM layer deployments that have been happening. Um, we're now helping customers that were early adopters of that, not only maintain and grow that, but also evolve that to, you know, container native applications and cloud native applications and how to take what they have today, continue to invest and grow, but also position and transition them to the CNS of the future. Mm-hmm. Right, so we're, we're really fortunate. We're proud of the position that we're in. Uh, and we're humbled by the fact that a lot of customers are looking to us for leadership in these spaces. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Maybe uh, this is, I'll give you a round of applause for putting up with all the tough questions. Uh, Gino, thanks for joining the podcast and not hating me anymore. Thanks, Ray. It's been a pleasure. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.